podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Trying to get in again. He's in again. He's scores again. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Good evening and welcome to an extra special episode of Mugger this evening. Um, it's International Week. Listen, I could get into the, the pros and mainly the cons of international football, but I won't do that. Um, we wanted to take this as an opportunity to provide a different offering, I guess. Um, for those of you who are already patrons, you'll be well versed in our top 30 uh, Manchester United uh, players of the Premier League era. Um, we finally got to the top 10. At long last, gotten past the likes of Gary Neville, Phil Neville, Dennis Irwin, Nicky Butt, etc., etc. Now we're getting to the players that essentially these are the guys you want to hear us talk about. Like all due respect to the previous club greats and everything they achieved, but these are the guys that you guys want to talk about, uh, get our thoughts on. Um, and we're at the top ten. And at number ten is a certain David De Gea, still in the team, which makes it even more interesting because you know uh, all of us on the podcast have. Uh, expressed our thoughts about him at some point or another. Um, and for this extra special uh, Mulga episode, I'm joined by three uh, merry men. First of all, Timmy. How you doing, Timmy? All good, bro. Yeah? We're out here. Yeah, 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 yeah. TDDG all day. Yeah, you, you, you have to be, brother. You have to be. Come uh, on. <laughs> Michael, it's been a while. How you doing, man? I'm well, man. I'm well. So, yeah, let, let's talk about David De Gea, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Good, good, good. And Elijah, how you doing, man? I'm good, brother. I'm good, brother. Two two pods in two days. It's got to be a record. Yeah, bro. Amen. Yeah, I, I feel it's like one of those like, accumulation fatigue things. So he's going to do bare and then he's going to get a, 
a hamstring pull or a, a voice box tear and then you know, what yeah, box. <laughs> you, had me, you had me doing all these all these pods in the back end and now you're paying for it in the front end so I count my blessings while my blessings are here so um like I said it's, it's a top 10 episode but before we get into that uh, I may as well take this as an opportunity to remind those of you who haven't already to subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, this particular episode, the visuals will only be coming out for patrons. So if you also want to see our faces, you'll have to subscribe to the Patreon. We've got months and months of content on there. We've got Pogba Watch for those of you who are inclined. Started off, we were on the ropes, won't lie. But uh, the last few months, Pogba hasn't made a renaissance. So it's been quite enjoyable watching Serbi squirm and, and pretend he doesn't love it, but he actually does. Uh, we've also got tactical reviews from the much sought after Elijah and myself, Elijah and... Um, Stevie actually put together a, a defensive midfielder scouting report uh, yesterday. Hilarious in some points and informative in others. And if that's definitely up your street, then give that a listen. And finally, if you are not a member of our Discord community, get on there. Um, it's live games, live watch alongs. You join the conversation. And it's an opportunity for, to see us uh, unfiltered, uh, which is where I feel we do our best work. But with all that being said, let's, let's get into it. So... Um, David De Gea, guys. I'll start off uh, with asking you guys to give me the first word that describes David De Gea uh, when you when you think of him. I'll start with you, Timmy. Sensational. Sensational. Okay. Um, uh, yourself, Elijah. <laughs> no, no words. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. That's yeah. That's, That's it. And, and how about yourself, Michael? Uh, yeah. Just just for balance, uh, washed. Washed is your word. Wow. Okay. Spicy. Cool. Um. So I, I'll I'll go through and give you a, a tailor the tape. Um. So he came to us in uh the summer of 2011. Uh, it was a British record fee for a goalkeeper at the time. It was 18.9 million. Uh, he's gone on to have uh, 434 appearances for us. Uh, with us, he won the 2012-13 Premier League, the 15-16 FA Cup, the 16-17 um, League Cup, uh, and he also won the 16-17 uh, Europa League. Um, so he's had a, a bit of success, I guess we can say. Um, I want to start with the good stuff. I want to start with his best moments for us. And since you're the man who is constantly reminding us to appreciate what we have in David De Gea, I'm going to start with you, Timmy. What do you have down as his best moment for Manchester United? Okay, so I want to um, set the scene quickly. Uh, it's a cold, rainy 2017 winter night in December. Um, probably our biggest rival since the Premier League started Arsenal came up against us at the Emirates and thought that they were, I don't know, thought, they thought they were better than us, I think, at the time. They thought they were better than us, citing that the only thing that would stop them from beating us would be a um, certain David De Gea. And um, if I recall correctly, he put in the best goalkeeping performance I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, Arsenal had a, an XG that day of 4.6. If... Um, you don't know what XG means. It means expected goals. So the amount of goals that they were expected to score in that game compared to the amount of goals that they did score in that game 
there was um, a clear disparity. And the only reason for that was uh, a certain sensational goalkeeper in David De Gea. Um, yeah, clinic. I've never seen a goalkeeper performance like that in my life, ever. Um, his double save from, I think it was Lacazette and Sanchez, was unreal. Arsenal were comfortably the better team. I think they had like 25 plus shots with about 13 plus on target. De Gea's kept all bar one shot out. And um, yeah, man, that was just an unreal performance, man. I think because since then, actually, is when probably I'll give him up to the end of the season, but then the decline started from then. So it's like he literally used the rest of his remaining powers in that game. And um, yeah, man, it was just a goalkeeping clinic, man. I can't, I've never seen anything like it. So that's my best um, behavior moment. Cool. Um, Michael, Elijah, um, what are you guys' thoughts on Timmy's moment? Um, only positives here. We're, we're, we're at the moment, we're talking positives. So what are your memories of that performance against Arsenal? You know, do you know what's so crazy about that, that performance is that people forget that in 14-15, he had a similar performance against Arsenal as well, where essentially he basically kept everything out except for a last-minute shot from Giroud. Like, but that one, but the one, but, but the second one in 17-18 was, was just even better because there was one from Lukaku where he kept it out as well. And just the amount, the amount of ridiculous saves he made that game, and even the goal he conceded, like, there was no way he was keeping that out. It was basically like two yards in front of him. So like, it was just like, it was, it was incredible. But the fact of the matter is that that was like, it wasn't that extreme, but De Gea would pull out those times where De Gea would pull out three or four saves in the game where you're like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, it's, it's unfathomable, it's like unfathomable the, of saves that he was making from like 2013 to 2018 was ridiculous like he was basically he was basically saving us seven goals a season and it was just like he in that period for me that's the best peak i've seen from from a, a keeper for, for me okay and, interesting um before we get onto your thoughts michael i wanted to get yeah. your your best moment elijah my, my best moment um he, he, so there's so many, but I think the one that sticks out to sticks out to me was the Everton game 2014. We, yeah, we that's the one I had. The one he saved the penalty right, and he had the he had the double he, save as well. He, he yeah. saved the penalty, um, and there was one save from I think it was um, I can't remember. Uh, I think it might, might have been Naismith or Osman or someone, and then there was a last minute save from Oviedo. Like the penalty saved the. Save from the the second one I mentioned. That's for me. That's my favorite the hair save because it's point black and to be able to have reflex like that is ridiculous. And then the last minute saving from Oviedo. I remember I remember Czech saying after the game they 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 always tell keepers not to go with their wrong hand, but the hair showed like when when you're that good you can do whatever you want like that. I think that that was the beginning from where you just saw the hair absolutely put on clinics. There was the game that season versus Arsenal, like I mentioned, game the game versus Liverpool as well, where him we just kept out Sterling and Balotelli. Like he just went on the map, he just went on the madness, and it was just incredible, man. Yeah. So for me, that, that, that that's my favorite moment. Cool. And and what's your best moment, Michael? 
And yeah, once you've given us your best moment, your thoughts on the moments Elijah and Timmy mm. mentioned. So my best the game moment has to be that same season Timmy's referring to, 2017-18, when obviously Mourinho would go to places and you knew he was parking the bus. So you knew the defence had to be on point and if the defence is lacking, David De Gea had to, had to turn up. And more often than not that season, obviously the season he won the Golden Glove, he did. Um, the game in particular was the away to Liverpool. Obviously, going to Anfield is always tough regardless of the team. And obviously, that's when Jürgen, Jürgen Klopp was building up steam with that Liverpool team. And it was a nil-nil game in the end, but one save he made from Joel Matic. Uh, I think um, uh, Firmino had done some good work down the, down the left, cut it back in the six-yard uh, box. It was a side foot away from the gear, so towards the centre of the goal. And the gear just sort of just stuck a leg at and I I don't know how he saved it. I, to this day, I wa- I've watched that highlight a few times before coming on this pod, and I still don't know how he saved it. it was tremendous, absolute world class. Yeah, that as Elijah said, that period when Fergie left, he's the one that stepped up. He's the one that said, you know what, we're not going to decline. We're going to be a world class team, and he put out performances that shut everyone up. And yeah, he he that culminated in that 2017-18 season. Uh, where he was just undeniable. And it's just sad that we didn't have the team around him to, to make best of those performances. We let him down in that respect, most definitely. For sure, for sure. Great. Um, and this is the next part. I, I take no pleasure in this, but the, the format is the format, and I will be remiss to, to deviate from that. Um, so go with the worst moments. Um, and since we're with you, Michael, I'll, I'll let you kick it off. Uh, what did you have as David De Gea's worst moment? The worst one, I'm sure the other two may have this as well, but it has to be that blunder against Watford. Like, un- uh, that unbelievable, un- unbelievable. Like, that was 2019. That was the, what, what like, late 2019, I think? And, um, yeah, now I've got it here. What have I got down? That, yeah, 2019. So it was almost like a year or two years after he was putting in these clinics. He's doing a complete madness. Like, I don't understand the strike that what uh, saw he kicked it into the ground so he's taken off the power and pace off the ball just just catch the ball he just parried it into the top corner and I don't know man like, I don't absolutely know. dusted um, yeah, yeah washed yeah yeah when you, when you see that you know someone's washed you, yeah. you know someone's um, washed Timmy it's probably gonna be hard for you but uh, what would you have done as your worst moment mate um. <laughs> What? There's plenty. Come on, It's a sigh, like, oh, I hate. I have to do this, man. Fam, you know what I mean, Michael. My, my man, like Michael's got a chill, fam. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, bro. Do you know what? Yeah, my worst De Gea moment isn't even a moment at United. I think my worst De Gea moment was um, at the um, World Cup in 2018 when he was at fault for two of Ronaldo's hat-trick goals. Um, you don't hear me? Yeah, we hear you, brother. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, where he was at fault for two of um, United, um, two of um, Portugal's goals. Um, the first one was um, the free kick, which he let parry through his hands. And um, because at that time, everyone kind of thought that, you know, he was a top two goalkeeper in the world him and um, Neuer would be back and forth. It'd literally be like, who you prefer, who you prefer. 
And I think literally from that moment onwards, he just turned into a calamity. So I'm blaming whatever happened at Spain. I don't know what was in that water. I don't know what was going on at the World Cup, but they took my De Gea away and that's what I'm blaming it on me. That's the worst moment he's had. Because since then he's never the been first, the same. The first yeah, it's literally nineteen probably. Uh, the first main like wow. error that my man's had. Like, I mean, listen, I hate Arsenal. So his mistake against whipping um Arsenal in two thousand and nineteen, I believe, when Shaka's taken that shot. And like I don't know what he's done, he's like flapped his hands or whatever. And um and he's just scored like Shaka shot from like forty yards out or something, like People like him, I do expect saves. There was a mistake against Tottenham last season. Obviously, you can um, put a little bit, pin a little bit of blame on Maguire as well. And then obviously the Watford mistake was, that one was egregious, wasn't it really? So there's been a couple of worse moments. We've been down bad, man. We've been down bad. But listen, as man said, between 2013 and 2018, he was single-handedly saving us, so... I just don't give up on men after two seasons of bad form. I just can't do it. Mm, cool, cool. And would you have as your worst moment, Elijah? I mean, I might, I'm, I might have to go for the um, Barcelona uh, when he just let the shot dribble through his hands from Messi. Um, yeah, man. Because I think that was the thing is, is that he wasn't having a great season. There was the mistake he made against Arsenal in the home leg. Um, in the in the home in the home tie where, where we drew two two and he basically let the ball bounce through his hands from the Mustafi header, um, but then he did have the Spurs game where he was back on that form. But then I think that from then on it's just not been it's not been good. I can't remember a game where I thought, you know what, the hair has basically saved us, which is which is bad to think of a keeper, but that's the standard since he's built up. But I think since then it's just been like. Like even with me, I I I chalked up that eighteen and nineteen season. So you know what, he's bound to have some bad form. But then up until that Watford game, like even up until that Watford game, he had the Palace mistake as well. But then that what that mistake against Watford, I was like, boy, this guy is looking funny in the light. And then, and then that FA Cup semi final just confirmed it for me. I was like, you know what, yeah, man, it's, it's done. It's just done. Because that second goal from Mount, it was basically the same as the Messi one. So basically, yeah. just just within 15 months from that Messi one to the Mount one, I was I was trying to like not, I was trying like not to say it, but in my heart I knew that, yeah, man, this guy might be done. Yeah, it, for me, it's it, mine would be the whole 2019 2020 season. Um, the reason being. It got to the point that the minute I saw De Gea in screen, I was nervous. I was literally, the minute the ball, like the ball was in and around where the camera could pan to De Gea, I was nervous. And that, I have never experienced that level of fear with a keeper. His levels of unorthodox ways in which he'd fluff things up was yeah beyond anything I could really, yeah, beyond anything I could really fathom. Uh, honestly, the Chelsea game stands out like a sore thumb. The Barcelona game stands out like a sore thumb. That um, 
the book, the people, uh, the uh, the, um, the game against Bournemouth when he conceded directly from a corner, it was like he just like, like just calmly, he just calmly conceded. Like nobody spoke about it after. Like this on a calm thing, like boom, Maddie just scoring straight from a corner against me, and nobody, like, <laughs> nobody ever mentioned it ever again. And I think, um, I think the thing about the hair is that uh, while we loved him a lot when he was at his best. There was, we'll get into it because we're going to talk about legacy. There were certain areas of his game that weren't quite there. Um, but yeah, he, he had a lot of gaps for such a top keeper. But yeah, like, like I say, uh, let's get into legacy. And, and before we get into legacy, I do want to talk about some of his individual accolades because I didn't mention them at the top of the show. So he made the PFA Team of the Year five times, 2012-13, 14-15, 15-16, 16-17 and 17-18. Uh, he was a PFA Fan Premier League Player of the Month, November 2014. Sir Matt Busby Player of the Year, 2013 14, 14, 15, 15, 16, 17, 18. Manchester United <laughs> Player of the Year, 2013 14, 14, 15, 17, 18. Europa League Squad of the Season, 2015 16. Match of the Day Save of the Season, five years, five years of, uh, in a row, five years in a row. So, no, four this years. Is, this is the people. This um, is the person you lot disrespect. So, so, so let's let's, let's talk legacy. Was let's talk was. legacy. <laughs> let's talk re- legacy. So, so you started this, Timmy. You said this is the person you disrespect. Um, he's obviously finished tenth in our greatest players of our Premier League uh, time. So that's across the whole Mugger team. So we obviously respect him because how does he finish so high? But let's speak on it, um, Timmy. I'll let you, you you take the floor first. <clears throat> I just think. You've heard us talking about it before and we're back again to talk to you about hosting your own podcast here at Blue Wire. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the programme, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll help you get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and all other listening platforms and the best part is you can get all of this for only 15 dollars a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup so if you're ready to do more than just listening to me talk about your favorite team then make your voice heard in hustle Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. That's bwhustle, hustle spelled H-U-S-T-L-E, dot com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. Um, for someone that's basically carried the team for pretty much half his time at the club, more than over half his time at the club. He deserves a lot more. He deserves a lot more respect, man. Um, yeah, he's not he's not at his best anymore. Yeah, we should probably um, sell him and cash in. But um, I get people talking about um, his contract and how he's on 350k a week and um, oh, we should have never given him that money and Blah 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 blah. But I'm not being funny. When when you literally, when you when you when you literally outperform your peers consistently 
every single year for five, six straight years, why shouldn't you earn more money than them? They say it's because he's a keeper. Well, he is a keeper, but he's literally performed better than everyone else. You talk about things like bonuses. Devil's Um, advocate, devil's advocate. Um, Really, in no field in the world are you paid for what you've done. You're always paid for what you're going to offer going forward. So at the time... At the time when he was in those new contract conversations, I think if we look back in hindsight, it was starting to show a bit. Do you do you make a do you put a goalkeeper where there's no pressure within the market? So there's nobody else who actually wants him on such mm. a wage now that it now makes him unsellable. Even in, is that a wise decision? Uh, he, he, I'm I'm a I'm a man that works on merit a lot. This is just something that I do, right? And the best players at the best teams get the most money. Neymar gets the most money at um, at PSG. Ronaldo gets the most money at Real Madrid and um, Juventus. Messi gets the most money at Barcelona. Kevin De Bruyne gets the, gets the most money at um, Man City. Unfortunately, David De Gea was our best player. He was one of two world-class players in the team when he got his new contract. And he was our best player. He deserved the money that he got. He deserved the contract that he got. And it just hasn't worked out for us because he's declined so much. But, you know, for me, when, when there were talks of giving him a new contract, I was always all for it because, first of all, I didn't envisage um, him becoming um, much worse. I mean, you're supposed to get better as you age at, um, as a keeper, not worse. Like, all the best keepers are, were literally golden in their, in their 30s. You look at Buffon, you look at Van der Sar, you look at Neuer now, you look at Schmeichel, you look at the Oliver Kahns of the world. These guys were world-class goalkeepers that's uh, interesting as well. In their mid-30s. You, you mentioned a couple of names there. Uh, Van der Sar and Schmeichel both played for us. Um, how does that factor into his legacy? Where do you rank him out of those three goalkeepers? We've we've been blessed that we're, in our time. Top. Top. United. top. Okay, top, interesting. Um, um, comfortably top. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael, top. Elijah, this is where I'd like you guys to kind of give your thoughts. Um, mm. Those three goalkeepers, do you have De Gea comfortably top? If not, why? Let's Let's have a conversation. It's a, it's, a, it's a very difficult one. And I'm sure all three of them are probably high up in the top 30 that we put together. Um, maybe it's recency, my my thinking. Uh, I think as a shop stopper, he's definitely clear of, of the other two. When it comes to reflexes and saves, he's clear of the other two. He's not so good in commanding his box. I'll put Smichael and Van der Sar above him in that department. But if I had to pick one to be in my team... Probably Smichael. Probably Smichael. Interesting. How about yourself, Elijah? Nineties um, Michael. He put he picked Brucey for his team, so come on. That was expected. <laughs> Timmy's going off old stats to pay a man today, fam. It's scary. Old it's stats. so scary. Old it, stats. We're, we're doing the top thirty. Yeah, Steve Bruce was in the top 30 because of you. He should have been there. He should have been there, man. He's one Bruce. one oh, more Premier League than David De Gea, man. Let's let's go. Go on, Elijah. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't um able to see Shamaikin in his pump, and to be young, honest, with young G, with um with goalkeepers, you need to see them over a period of time. So it would be remiss of me to put Shamaikin over the hair. Uh, with Van der Star, um, it's tough. It's tough. Um, I feel like the period he was at the club, and when you compare it to the hair, it just weighs it. It 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 makes it kind of unfair 
because it's just hard to it's just hard to compare them because he had Vidic and Ferdinand in front of him. Like he was a- he was able to go like eleven games without conceding the goal. Where he basically didn't have to do much because he just had a amazing team in front of him. So I mean it, but in terms of the whole package, I would probably I would probably go with Van Sarfo. Like he did have a better command of his box. Uh, he was better with, with his feet as well, mm, mm. Um, and he was a, he was a good shot stopper as well. But he um, there there were times where he did make a lot of like he did make some very bad mistakes. I remember Portsmouth, West Brom at home as well, where he made some absolute blunders. So I would Michael don't remember these things, bro. I, I would go with I would go with Vandersar just ahead, just ahead of the head just because he was a better overall keeper but in terms of shot stopping the hair is so clear right it's ridiculous he's the fact that he can he would he he didn't even need his hand sometimes he could just save stuff with yeah, I, I said that too to me you know hearing <laughs> yeah, I, that that. <laughs> <laughs> I said that too that's the first okay, thing I said. So so for me for me I, I agree with Elijah I think um that was a van der Sar that was re- really he was playing with us till he was about 41 42 so he was he was firmly at the back end of his career but I think I'll give his all round. They yeah. get better with age, bro. He's yeah. best, the best part, part of his career was his time at Man United. I'd say. That's what, that, but that's when I watched used to watch him at Fulham. I always why is this go, Why is he at Fulham? He was clearly he was clearly above that level. Um, I agree with you, but he was be, still better at United than he was at Fulham, though. For me, I don't know. I don't. Know. I didn't watch Fulham like that. But but what I will say is probably his his all round his all round game for me the, the, the being able to play out with his feet, um, which definitely came into vogue during his time with us. And the aerial command uh, that he had, which uh, De Gea didn't have, um, and he was never this bad either. Because remember, what De Gea has served up is a shit sandwich. So he started shit, and that was cool because he was young and he was frail. And then he's ended shit, and in the middle of that, there's been a period of good form. So he's had okay. he's had three underwhelming seasons for us um, in his whole time at Manchester United. I look at. Van der Sar, uh, maybe his last season, you could say he was underwhelming, but the rest of his time, the rest of his time with us, he was stellar. Shemichael, um, only again, like Elijah, not that much older than you, Elijah, uh, only kind of caught the back end of his, only kind of caught the back end of his career. So, um, yeah, he was, he just seemed imperious. And in my head, it was always uh, Shemichael and, um, and Oliver Kahn, who, who were kind of head and shoulders above the other keepers in the world. But yeah. Bro, the yeah. thing is, the thing with that is, yeah, um, De Gea's nearly spent like three quarters of his t- um, more time at United than both of them. Schmeichel was, um, n- not Schmeichel, Van der Sar was at United for what, six years, I think? So he joined in 2005, 05-06. Yeah, he joined when we won the title the first time, right? First yeah, he joined right? in so He joined 05-06, yep. yeah, and he left in 2011. He's at the club for six years. De Gea's been at the club coming up to 10 years he's got more the has got more good seasons than time van der Sar even spent at the club he does but then he also and, has hold on hold on, hold on. and on top of that on, on top of that we haven't seen van der Sar was never at the level that um the hair was at between 2013 and 2018 he was never ever at that level so for me football um football wasn't about your goalkeepers playing out the back um in that time they started bringing that in 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 the um, 2010s onwards. Also, this misconception that the Hayes 
awful with his feet is wrong. Like he's gotten worse now. He's gotten worse now, but I think I genuinely think with him, like it's a concentration thing a lot of the time. Like he lapses in concentration a lot. But De Gea used to have that that goal kick out out to the wing on smash every single time. It's beating Valencia in the chest every single time. So um, we're I think we're we're over we're we're overstating how good uh, Vanessar was. That Elijah said shot stopping uh, is not um it's it's a no brainer. It's De Gea. Obviously, command of your area. That's been that's been the glaring hole in De Gea's game for his whole career. Um, but other than that, other than command of area, he was that's that's five a big, years. That's no, a big, I agree. No, 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 no. I agree. I agree. But listen to this though, yeah. He was that good that people still look past that and were calling uh, him the best goalkeeper in the world. Probably overrated. for five years. It's probably overrated. I, I mean, I'm no, 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 bro. I'll leave this Zoom. I'll, I'll leave this Zoom right now. If you're, looking, if you're looking back in hindsight, if if a goalkeeper excels, excels at shot stopping, that's great. But struggles with command of his area, coming out to claim the ball and taking pressure of his back line, that puts a cap on how highly you can rate him. I and agree with about, you. About, I agree with you. But the hair was the hair was that good. The hair was that good. Plus. Um, it, there was there were minimal times that um, the lack of his command of area um, got him into trouble. I'd say in that five year stretch where he was unbelievably good. I think right? it was constant. It was just a constant lack of control over at corners. Um, it was it was a constant so, it was a constant uneasiness because De Gea was in goal because you knew your goalkeeper wasn't going to come and take control of this situation. I think in that time in 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 that time. Between 2013 and 2018, I was never ever scared when De Gea was involved. Not once. Never worried about him. I didn't look at corners. I didn't look at corners and think these guys are gonna um, what do you call him? Because they weren't smart enough to do it. To do it then, that, in his first season, is when they were doing it. Right. That's when we knew, like, oh, this guy's shaky. I remember West Brom. Yeah, in um 2011, 12 season. I remember West Brom. It was it was like his third game. Elijah, I know you know all this stuff. Like. It was like his third game before he got dropped um, for um, Lindegaard. Was it Lindegaard that he got dropped for? It was his first game. Was it what, what? For, for a while? Are you talking about the first It was Lindegaard. Game? It was Lindegaard. Yeah, I remember it was... It was um, and I know that he made a big mistake against um, West Brom. That was his first game, but the one where he got game. dropped for Lindegaard, that was the second season where he dropped against Fulham, I believe, and then yeah. he got dropped. And he and he got he got dropped. Now nah, he got dropped for a, a prolonged period. He got dropped for yeah, three, yeah. four games or so. Yeah, yeah. And from then on, like we knew that he was a bit suspect at corners. But again, in that five-year stretch that he's been exceptional, I can't recall many errors that he's that he made in in that time with regards to command of his area. Again, Elijah, you're the encyclopedia, bro. You know this stuff, so. If I'm wrong, let me know. But I just feel like if the if if he was making these errors con- as consistent as he is now, like as it's it's so apparent how bad he is now at commanding his area. Back then, it wasn't as apparent, and I think if he was making the errors consistently, then it would be apparent. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Interesting. What what are your thoughts, Elijah, Michael? 
Um, I think his uh, command of I remember um, it was up until a West Ham game in 2013 where he punched Carroll in in the face where he went because I think Carroll came with an elbow and it kind of knocked him out and shook him it kind of shook him up and up until that time people were playing on the fact that he wasn't great from corners but then I think after that it got to a point where he wasn't amazing at it but he was okay where it didn't it didn't hinder the team that much he, he wasn't great he was never great at claiming the ball but it got to a point where he was fine enough like I think there were some stats that um Gary Neville done in his in like 14 15 where it showed that he was getting better at claiming crosses and stuff like that so it got better but it, but it was never more than okay but the fact that it was okay that that's the thing with the hair the rest of his game was got to a point where it was okay and then his shot stopping was so incredible that I was like you know what Fair enough. Like, if if he's okay at all this stuff, and then he's just incredible at shot stopping. At the end of the day, the main job of a keeper is shot stopping. So, like, like we do with, with strikers, if he's if he's an amazing goal scorer and he's not great at the all round stuff, then you give him that. So, I think it, it got to that point. But the problem is that when he's when he's no longer amazing at shot stopping, that's when the other areas become a big problem. And then it's not just about his aggressive shot stopping; he's become worse at court corners as well I've never thought he was great at playing out with with his feet it, I think it's something that the hair himself has even said that he has been he, he's been training on more with Spain and it I don't think it was ever a thing in Spain where they thought oh this guy's really good with his feet because that's something they really practice but um yeah so he's he, for me he's never been great at that um just in terms of with goalkeepers as well I think because they see the whole game I think communication could be better as well he could be more of a leader um yeah. even because because even now when even now at 30 years old the highest paid player has been here for what 10 years and i still don't look at the hair as like a primary leader it's a bit weird like i find that a bit weird so i feel i, I feel like that, that that does go against him but in terms of legacy it's for for me it's sad because i've always felt like even the point before where I got to the point where I said, just drop the guy. I was like, I felt like we owed it to De Gea to win stuff, even if even while he wasn't great, just to win stuff, just to boost his legacy up more because the things he done for us in that year, and you listed it off at, at, at the beginning, he has a he, he has he has a Premier League, an FA Cup, a League Cup, and a Europa League, and he was that amazing for us, and that is all he has, has to show for it. It's it's sad. But, um, the team owes yeah. him. Big he's time. a goalkeeper. At the end yeah. of the day, he's a goalkeeper. If, if his equivalent wins you more, his equivalent in attack wins you more. That's that's that, and that's why I'm not playing 350k a week for him. I, I, I mean, the, like, but the thing is, that's fair enough. But for me, it was like, we for me, it was like we can't we can't lose the hell because I was like bro, exactly with our defense. I'm like I'm scared of what. Bro, the guy was saving us consistently at least 15 points a season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we would have been a mid-table. We would have been a mid-table side without him. No other goalkeeper in the world saves their team as many points as he saved in that yeah. in that um, period of time. No oh, yeah. other goalkeeper in the world. Not. Yeah. Was incredible during that period. Yeah, no doubt. Not no, no doubt. Uh, and the thing is, the the thing the thing is, yeah, like. Players like Rooney and that, like when Rooney started getting when Rooney started getting washed up and that, like people afforded him that respect. Do you know what I mean? Like we knew Rooney was washed up, 
But we weren't really sticking it on Rooney like that because Rooney was our guy. Do you know what I mean? And I just feel like the way that every man turned on the hair, bro, it's just, it's sad, bro. Like, listen, I know he ain't been, he ain't been good for two years going on three years now. I know, I know it's sad to me as well, but I don't forget, I don't forget the stuff that he's done. I'm a loyal person, innit? Man, them know me. I'm loyal, bro. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk on man. And my one, my one opinion on him would be that he's washed. You know what I mean? Like, so he literally is. Would you, would you think okay. of the last two and a bit years then? Yeah, he literally is washed. Listen, if you asked us, you asked us to give um, one adjective to describe the hair. Right to describe his to describe his time at United. The fact that you would choose to pick his his. I didn't say describe worst, his time. Not you. Just, not you. Uh-huh. No, you just said what would you? What you okay. I swear the question. What, was, what, yeah, what, just what, when you think when I said David De Gea, what comes to mind? I said what? Okay, exactly, exactly, exactly. You didn't say wash. Michael said wash. Yeah, I said wash. Hundred percent. And I'll well, say it again. Bro, bro, I was trying to defend himself and he was saying. Nah, that. I didn't say wash. <laughs> you didn't say wash. What did I say? Nothing. <laughs> maybe maybe you're thinking oh, watch. You know, you're thinking it. That's the bed that needs Hold on, listen, listen, listen. That's cool. That is that's cool. However, like it's telling that you'd think of his, you'd think of his his worst period at United, and then think of an adjective. Freeze worst period. In recency United. bias, isn't it? We're, 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 bias. Li- we're living it though. We're living it's, it's it. We're living a, the a, guy a, trying to say free kicks from it's, behind it's, the line. It's, we're it's a lack of it's a lack of respect. Front. It's a, it's a lack of respect for my guy, fam. Listen, we need a new keeper. He shouldn't be our number one anymore. I agree with all of that. However, I'm never ever like, nope, I can't. After what he did for us, no way, bro. We'd we'd be we'd be back there with Arsenal. Worse, no, you, no, bro. We no, bro, we'd wouldn't. be finishing no, like thirteenth from fourteenth. One season, one season of that, and we would have went and got another keeper. Bro, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, because, bro, the guy's making saves he was not supposed to be making. So, yeah, if he, so if there's, hold on, hold on. So if they're scoring these goals, like, you're not going to look at the hair and think, oh, my God, the hair, how did you let that in? The guy was literally unstoppable in goal, fam. They wouldn't be looking at the hair and thinking, we need a new keeper. Same way that they weren't looking at defence and thinking we need a new defence. No, you said, you said, no, you said if it wasn't for him, we would be th- we would be like Arsenal. Yeah, but we would. That's, no, that's what I'm saying. We wouldn't. No, Morat, Morat, listen to what I'm saying to you, yeah? The points that they are saving us, when I'm saying they are saving us 15 points a season, right? This is because the, the guy is making saves he's not supposed to make. He's not supposed to make these saves. So we're not going to look at him and blame him for conceding a goal. For example, in that Arsenal game, that double save um, with Lacazette and Sanchez, right? At that point, we was, what, 2-0 up. We was 2-0 up at the time. And if that goes in, it's a completely different game. Let's say we're now going to lose that game, right? No one's looking at the hair and blaming him for that loss. So what I'm saying is the points that, he's kept, that he kept us, that he saved us in this time, like... He's not. He wasn't supposed to save us these points. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that, bro. But I'm not gonna have it like, oh, if David de Gea wasn't here, like, if man, he's not saving like, him, he'd still be a top five keeper in the world in in those periods of time. No, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just. My point is, if he hadn't been here, we would have been fine. We would have found another keeper, and we would have kept it moving. Essentially, right? Yeah, Jano Black was about. So you know. No, nah, but he was but, that athletic, like, bro. Yeah, no, he, no, but he could have gone dip but, there. But we got we we got to say with 
with Timmy's points, how many, how many, how many saves was the hair making better than a good goalkeeper at that point? So know, four, five, four, four, five, and then four, five goals over over a course. Thirty-eight games, yeah, yeah, four, four, five goals, four, five goals over thirty-eight games. Do you not translate that to fifteen points, bro? It could be. Yeah, what, what are great saves is that free, free, free deal. Huh? Oh, shit, we would have lost that. If no, they... no, 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 <laughs> but, 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 but four, 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 oh, you say four, five match points? Yeah, four, five goals over the course of the season that could be up to seven, eight, eight points. Like that's that's a big, big. It's not quite fifteen though, so a bit hyperbole huh? there. Yeah, of of course, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but but I mean to save. To, 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 to save for 15 points is just ridiculous. But no, he was saving even, up his bare points. No, no there's no argument. Then, like, no argument. But, 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 but Bro, between then, 10 and 15 points a season, he was saving us. No, no, no. But like... <laughs> <laughs> you can't just throw, you can't just throw these well, numbers yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. We have to come like, with facts. It's probably yeah, close yeah, to, like yeah. Elijah said, seven or eight, man. No, 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 no. But, but like, that is compared to a good goalkeeper. And like, Thank to you. get a good How many does a good goalkeeper save you? How many points does a good goalkeeper save you? Three? Three? Six? Yeah, and and they're saving eight more points than them. Yeah, for for me. There you go. For me, at that point, you're saying like eight more points than a good goal, goalkeeper. Right. So it's not eleven to fifteen. Yeah, that's I don't know. That's, that's, not, that's not. That's not. That's not factual. Elijah, that's, Elijah, that's, Elijah, that's, Elijah, two, that's two. That's two. That's two youths. That's two capping. We're gonna go on. We're gonna go swiftly on to the next the next section. Yeah. Um. So it's right place, right time. And usually what this means, because the majority of the players in this list are players who have like played for us in the past, it's uh, basically how would the player fit into the current team? Um, would they fit into the current team, et cetera, et cetera. I think what we could do with De Gea is let's talk. We spoke about, um, uh, the, let's say the best United team of all time is the Ronaldo Rooney team, uh, three league titles in a row, uh, two Champions League finals, 1-1, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, right place, right time. Does David De Gea, Pete David De Gea, does he get into that team? I'll start with you, Michael. It's like obviously, so basically in that team he's displacing Van der Sar. That's the thing. If if I if I put their best periods together, then obviously David De Gea's best period. Is obviously at a higher level than Van der Sar's best period for Man United. I think that I don't think there's an argument there. Fortunately, Van der Sar played with world class defenders, which David de Gea in his mainstay of United career hasn't hasn't. So the only reason de Gea obviously there's not this is not taken away from his excellence. The only reason he's had to show this excellence is because our defence isn't that good enough. If Van der Sar we should Van der Sar and de Gea and Van der Sar's now playing in this team, would we have seen such a level? We'll never know. Um, but that being said, if I had to, if I had to pick one to be in a team in terms of long shots, probably that team probably faced more long shots because they weren't going to penetrate Van der Sa- uh, Vidic and Ferdinand. Yeah, I'll probably put Van der Sar. Is that a fact? Is that a fact? What? No, that's uh, a opinion. That's, no, that, that, that's just that's, that's, fact, just that's about as factual as your fifteen points. Yeah, so yeah, it's the same level. It's the same um, so, level. Know, so that's one of the crux. If you don't like that, then I don't like it. <laughs> If you don't like that, I don't like your 15 goals. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, hit me. We have watched, we have watched back Man United with Van der Sar in goal. We have literally watched games back. That is complete cappery, bro. Well, what did I say was cap? 
Bro, you said that he'd face more long shots because we could because United defense couldn't get broken down. Yeah, I said that. I said I said David Gea probably face more long shots than uh, in that in that team. Yeah, David De Gea. No, no, no. You're saying um, Van der Sar would face long more long shots than De Gea would now. Yeah, most definitely. You, he's facing the guys face more shots and obviously Bro. more long shots than Manda Sarkis during that period. I, I watched the United. I watched the United. Unless you're um, saying the defenses are the same quality. No, what I'm saying is like we're definitely overstating. Like not how easy it was to um, get get past United's um, defense because obviously it wasn't easy. But like I've said, bro, we've literally watched back games. We've done Patreon pieces on games where United have looked hella shaky at the back. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't know. Was that more, more, more credit to Van der Sar, yeah? Pardon? Are you, yeah, I don't know. credit to Van der Sar, yeah? No, no, bro. It, we can call it credit to Van der Sar, but his reasoning for putting Van der Sar ahead of De Gea is that he's more I wasn't, comfortable. I put, I put with... De Gea ahead of Van der Sar. Oh, bro, I'm... Uh... You're just angry. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, no, 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 bro. You Honestly, just said, hold on, hold on. I just put the guy ahead. Said, the way you just said, you have Van der Sar, you put Van der Sar. No, because no. Because Van der Sar will save the long shots. No, no, I will right, cool, say. No, hold on, no, no, so no, hold on. Okay, yeah, I'm confused as well, Michael. No, I said, no, yeah, there you I go. said. Who do you have I, starting in that team? The guy. I said the guy. I said Van der Sar. I said the guy over Van der Sar. Okay, cool. How about yourself, Timmy? Like, oh, there's there's the doubt. Oh, yeah. Dave. Yeah, Dave's the better goalkeeper. He's the cool. better goalkeeper. That's cool. Uh, Elijah? That's a hard one. I don't even know. Um, I'll probably still go with Van der Sar, you know? Yeah, and I'd, I'd probably still go with Van der Sar as well. So <laughs> that ends up with a, a tie. So I guess it's a question that we'll, we'll throw out to our listeners uh, tomorrow on the timeline. Um, and I guess the final one, uh, again, with the top 10, I think most of these will tend to be a yes, but still interested to hear thoughts. Like I said, it was a British record fee for a goalkeeper at the time. Uh, value for money, Timmy. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. I paid double that for him. Yeah, okay. Uh, Elijah, value for money. Yeah, man, I would go... I would even go back and give them a five million, million pound bonus for him, bro. I don't even care, bro. <laughs> give them that five million pound. I don't even care. Take, take it off. Take it off his wages now. Then get <laughs> five million, bro. Nah, that, that was a sniff. That was a prop. That, whoever scouted him, the goalkeeper coach, who's uh, Eric Steele, that's my guy. Because we got an incredible goalkeeper and... What, for 19 million with all the money you've spent since then, that's just a snip, man. Yeah, and Michael, yeah, in terms of value for money, not at 350 pounds a week, but at 19 million as a price being paid, yeah, most definitely. Looking at what City paid for Edison and what Liverpool paid for Allison when you chopped that up, 19 million is next to nothing, so yeah, fantastic business. Fair enough. Um, I wanted, I wanted to ask you guys, I wanted to ask you guys uh, something. This is just, this has really just come, come to mind now. Um, I guess this is a, this is a what if. Um, so we did have a um, uh, infamous scandal with a fax machine, not quite <laughs> making, making its way across to a certain uh, club in Spain, um, and as, as a result, David de Gea not getting the movie wanted at the time. Um, what do we think his legacy is if if he actually got to go to Real Madrid? What year was that again, Elijah? 
2015. They won one of their Champions Leagues. They haven't gone three in a row. They won their first one. They won it in... They won their first one 2013. They won won 14, then Barca won 15, then they won 16, 17 and 18. Cool. So it was the year before they started to do their thing. But So what do we think his legacy is if he he actually ended up going to, to Real Madrid? It's better. People people would look at him better because he had that one season and then he goes off to Madrid. He wins the treble. The he 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 wins. I think the, I think his his legacy for United. No no yeah no like no not for United. I mean his general just his football. Oh legacy. on a whole oh, oh I mean bro he would have done a three P in it like. Mm. I, his no. is going to be way better. Mm. I think I think for both his legacy for United would be viewed as better because he doesn't have. This mad period he's having now, he we see him go off to, to Madrid and do the free peat and it will be kind of like what kind of happened with uh, Ronaldo, where we like it would actually be like what we had like one of the best goalkeeper keepers in history, and like with Ronaldo, we had one of the best players in history. So I actually feel like it would be viewed as like, it would be viewed like he this guy is just a generational goalkeeper. Yeah, much more, much more Timmy's than Michael's, eh? If he, if he ended up going to Real Madrid, <laughs> yeah, I mean, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's it's interesting his legacy um fast because if he left in two thousand and fifteen, I don't think I'd be putting him ahead of Van der Sar. Yeah. Um. Interesting, I and, and, I, and I'll compound that. I, as well. I, I'd um I'd I'd be I'd be um question I'd be questionable with um with Schmeichel as well. I mean because he's he has 15, 16, 16, 17, and seventeen, eighteen, along with thirteen, fourteen, and fourteen, fifteen, which were all incredible seasons. And I'm talking minimum nine out of ten seasons. You don't even get strikers that have nine out of ten seasons, five seasons in a row. Some uh, a lot of the time, so. The fact that he did that, it would only be two years. Like, would his, like, I think we may look at him more fondly because he left that what we would have thought was him, like, the higher. Like, we wouldn't have known that he could step it up an extra yeah. level. But um, just because it would have only been four years at the club, um, he didn't win anything. Didn't win anything apart from one Premier League, no? 12 13? Yeah. One yeah. Premier League? Um, yeah. Oh, no. FA Cup, we won 2015, didn't we? No, 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 2016. All right, no, cool. So yeah, so um, it'd just be one Premier League. So we he wouldn't be number ten on our um top thirty. That's that's a fact. He wouldn't be number ten on our top thirty. And um, yeah. yeah, I don't think his legacy, his United legacy, would um be as strong um cool. as as it is now. And I guess another question. Um, he kind of uh joined the Spanish setup towards the end of their golden generation. The successful period had come and gone. Uh, Casillas stayed in the team a bit longer than he deserved to, based on on the usual football politics. So uh, with Spain, he hasn't won anything either. So for a keeper of his caliber, who was as good as we we say he was, um, what do you think his legacy ends up being? I think with Spain, it will be a thing of he came in later than he should have. He should have been there from 2000 and from the from uh, no in fact he the thing is he came in around the right time it's weird because he was just starting to come up and then i think the was going down so 
it was hard to may, make a change at the 2014 World Cup because that was the hair's first good season. It wasn't amazing, it was good. And then, um, so it's like, it's hard. But then even at the 2016 Euros, I think that um, people forget that in the Italy game, it could have been like 6-0, if not for the hair. He had, the, he had, he had an amazing game, but it's because Spain, Spain, Spain was so crap that they lost 2-0. If they go on and win that game and they might go on and win the tournament, people are, are saying, what, the the hair had an, had like an amazing tournament. So, so like, it's, 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 it's hard because maybe should, should have come in at the 2014 World Cup, but even that World Cup, Spain were horrendous. So, so I feel like, just like United, he came in, like, it was just, uh, he came in at the wrong time, to be fair. Yeah, couldn't have couldn't have put it better myself. So I guess um, David de Gea just a case of wrong place, uh, wrong it's, time. It's, uh... His whole career essentially for club and country. Um, so I think we'll we'll put a pin in it there. I want to thank you all for your time, Elijah, Timmy, Michael. Always a pleasure as always. I imagine this one will probably be the top of a bit of debate tomorrow uh, with our, our Muga Mafia. I look forward to having the conversation. Peace. 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 Rashford, he's in here. He scores. Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. One Manchester. Only chance in my team like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Sports Social Podcast Network.